Welcome to the Mental Health in Schools podcast, designed and delivered by Anna Bateman, founder of Halcyon Education. Hello and welcome to episode two, which features an interview with Anthony Beckett, who's a senior assistant head teacher. He's responsible for mental health across the school and is a safeguarding lead. He also leads on personal development. I would urge you to listen to episode one first, which features students from this school. First, a quick word from our sponsors. CPOMS is an online system for schools to manage pastoral concerns and events now used by over 10,000 schools. The main reason it works so well is that the categories of information a school logs on CPOMS are chosen by the school, so that the concerns you face that are more unique to your community or individuals can be logged accordingly. It saves a huge amount of time compared to doing things on paper. Chronologies for pupils or school-wide reports can be generated quickly. The Service Point support team provide an incredible standard of service and are one of the main reasons CPOMs spread by word of mouth to so many schools. For more information, go to www.cpoms.co.uk where you can also book a demo for your school. Now to the podcast. And welcome to Housing Education Podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Anthony Beckett, who is Senior Assistant Head at a secondary school. We're talking again today about the impact of mental health, particularly the last year, their plans for the future with the children and young people. But this is a school that I've worked with for quite a while, and I've seen it really kind of go on a, a journey in terms of mental health over the years. So I think you know, there's some real wisdom for, for Anthony to share with you all about how his vision really for mental health at, um, at the school. Anthony, you were the DSL prior to also being made the mental health lead. Tell me about these roles and the school's vision and journey. I think for myself, before becoming the mental health lead at Cardinal Wiseman, I was a safeguarding lead at the school and the two of them just sit hand in hand with one another and it felt like the right thing to do as a senior member of staff at the school I was an assistant head teacher at the time so I kind of like stepped into the role in all fairness not really knowing a massive amount about it but attended a variety of different courses obviously met with yourself Anna as a matter of routine we have devised action plans Mm. year in year out see what it is we want to do and what we want to make as a success at the school and for me, probably the most important thing for mental health and well-being at our school is for our children to have someone that they can turn to and they can talk to if they have any concerns or any worries. Mm. We had always said that in all of our assemblies and sessions regarding safeguarding, but in the last few years, mental health and well-being and maintaining well-being has comes to the forefront of our school. So whenever we are talking about talking to members of staff, and whether that's a support member of staff or it's a teacher or it's a safeguarding specialist, our children, for us, the most important thing is that they have someone that they can turn to. And, I mean, I've had the privilege of being able to interview some of the students in our in our podcast, and and what is, is lovely is how powerfully that comes through. So that is definitely something that you can see, you can feel it, and, you, you know, the, the, the students articulate that. But how have you done that practically? 
a lot of schools sometimes find that there's pockets of staff that sort of don't get it or they don't buy into it or the academic achievement is is at the fore with mental health quite at the back. How have you achieved that both together and kind of got to a place where students feel like they can go and talk to anyone? Well, it has become a significantly larger kind of like whole school vision. Mm. It's something where, I mean, I don't know how many other schools have two members of the senior leadership team who are responsible for mental health. My colleague, Emma Buckle, who is an assistant head teacher, her remit is really about staff well-being. And my remit is more about pupil well-being, but we work with one another closely to ensure that well-being is at the forefront of the whole school community. Mm. And the way that we've gone about it has been to ensure that during training sessions, whether it's safeguarding training or specific mental health training sessions that we have provided for our staff in regards to our staff and in regards to our, our pupils, We've had, obviously, those training sessions, as I've just said. And beyond that, it's in our assemblies. We have assemblies specifically aimed at mental well-being. And it also sits very, very firmly within our PSHE curriculum. So every single child throughout the academic year, at some point, is seeing sessions specifically aimed at looking at their mental health and well-being. Those are really quite strong elements, aren't they? So there's a really strong leadership focus, isn't there? But also we've got curriculum as well. And I know that at school you've got an email that, that students can just email in. So if they're not feeling confident to go and speak to a member of staff, you've even got a, you've devised an email box, haven't you? Yes, we were. For, for the quieter students, which, which I love. Yes, we were aware that not all children are confident in talking. Many children, obviously, you know, they're very tech-savvy in this day and age. It was just another avenue, which we thought as a safeguarding team at the school, it's another avenue for pupils who don't have the confidence to walk up to a member of staff. There is an email address which we teach them about and we educate them about mm -hmm. that if they are worried about something, they can send that email and they know who that email goes to mm -hmm. and they know that they know that we're not the 20, you know, we're not an emergency service. Yeah. If they start sending us, um, and we have had emails that have been sent, you know, late in the evening, we have had to educate our children for them to know clearly that they cannot expect an instant response. Mm. So we've had to be very, very careful with that. But mm -hmm. we have had since introducing that email a range of pupils who I'm pretty confident in saying that they would not have had the courage, unfortunately, to go up directly mm. and speak to somebody. Mm. But just being able to send that small email with their concern, mm. enabled us then to, you know, yeah. approach the child and have that conversation, which I think is a, a valuable tool mm. for our school community. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. And it, it just then lends itself to all children. You know, it's, it's very inclusive, isn't it, for, for them to be able to, to articulate verbally, but then to articulate in, in that way as well. So I think, you know, that really comes across really powerfully. I think having been able to speak to your young people as well, what's come through really powerfully, yeah, really like your take on, on, on this, because I know this was part of your vision, was, was the, the level of reflection the students have on themselves personally and their confidence and their self-esteem and things. And you can see that that really comes through as part of their, it's become part of their healthy personality development almost, that they see that reflection is really part of resilience and well-being. 
because I know you've you've tried to sort of thread that through the school, haven't you? How have you done that really to get that level of self-reflection? Well, we we've been looking at at our school in terms of how pupils can self-reflect on their character. The way in which we've gone about doing that is once again through assemblies, but also during tutor time, uh, we call formation time, during tutor time, where children get the opportunity to sit back and to reflect and to think where they are, who they are, what they could do to improve, how things could be better. Unfortunately, we were due to launch these wonderful new booklets that we've created in terms of personal reflection. They were due to start this academic year, but mm. because of lockdown, mm. we've had to postpone that. But we've still been able to get our pupils, particularly through assemblies, to think mm. and to reflect upon their character. And you can, as I say, you can really sort of see that thread all the way through um, and in terms of their uh, their well-being and their self-esteem. So, so you know, massive part of that vision, really, that I think sometimes schools do miss out on. And, of course, it helps their academic performance as well, doesn't it? If they're able to reflect on themselves, they're able to reflect on what they could improve. That that, that sort of goes across the board, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, I suppose furthermore to that, we, we have actually, and we always have at Cardinal Wiseman, we've given numerous opportunities for pupils to answer questionnaires, which are, the vast majority of them now are set online, um, and that gives pupils the opportunity to say how they are, how they feel. And we actually get our pupils not just to reflect on their character, but actually for them to reflect upon our effectiveness of the provision that we provide in school in regards to mental health and well-being. And, in fact, it was only last month where we got all pupils to say what they thought about our provision. And it was it was really quite interesting, some of the feedback that we got from pupils. Mm. Do you want me to? Yeah, to, yeah? yeah go on. <laughs> the, the key messages that we got back from pupils were, we are always talking about mental health at the school and well-being. We are always signposting pupils to where they can access support internally, within school and externally. And we're very, very good at that. And they fully know what to do, who to turn to, and so on. But the one thing that they did say was things have been difficult in lockdown. They're worried about, you know, coming back and mm. trying to catch up on work. But more important than actually catching up on work was actually spending some quality time interacting and communicating and reconnecting, I suppose, with their peers. Mm. Just listening to the pupils, how do they feel, is an absolutely uh, critical thing that we do. So when we know what it is that they want, we then act upon it. And we have already had two sessions since the return back to school. And we've got one more session this Friday where in their form groups, they're doing lots of team building exercises, a little bit of healthy competition mm. to try to bring them all together. And it was absolutely wonderful last Friday and the Friday before me being able to go around and see their faces, their smiles, their, their enjoyment and as I say, that reconnection yeah. um, with one another and yeah. feeling part of the school community again. Yes. I'm wondering as well then, as a result, there's quite a few schools that I'm working with where the challenges around behaviour at the moment, because students are trying to get back to interacting with each other again and have kind of almost forgotten how to do that. Are you seeing that here? Or do you think, I don't know, I was just wondering as a result of, of, of having listened to the children and then put things in place around that social interaction, whether you 
Well, I was just wondering whether you see those things. Yeah, we, we have seen that. It's been, it's been noted by the behaviour team at school that, for example, just at break times mm. and lunch times, that and it seems really sad and it, seem, it seems really strange, you know, that they're 11, 12, 13-year-olds, you know, uh, years of age, sorry, um, some of these children, and they seem to have lost that ability to actually just play effectively with one yeah. another, to play football in, on the playground. Yeah. I don't think we can really underestimate actually, you know, the significant amount of time that has been lost being in school. But, yeah, yeah we, we feel as a school we just need to be more at, once again, reminding children about what our expectations are. Yeah. But also being mindful that things have been difficult and just coming back into school is, yeah. is not as easy as it sounds for, for certain individuals in particular. Yeah. Now a short break to hear from our sponsors. Stamps by Post is a family-run business and a Royal Mail licensed provider of postage stamps to schools, charities and businesses. So whether you're a small rural school or a large multi-academy trust, you can have your stamps delivered straight to your door instead of visiting the post office. And when you order before 4pm, they're dispatched the same day via the first-class post. Stamps by Post have been providing customers with a first-class service now for over 25 years. To find out more or to place an order in just a few clicks, go to www.stampsbypost.com. Now back to the podcast. Also, I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing as well, is just a very strong element of, of your offer, I guess, here around personal development is the way, you know, that you sort of collapse the timetable and allow students to then book onto different types of, of personal development, all sorts of random things that you offer here on a, is it on a Friday? It is, it's it on is. a Friday. It is. And I, I just, again, I just, I, I think there's always a fear. I guess why I'm, I'm picking this with you is there's a real fear from senior leaders that if, if we, you know, if we focus too much on children team building or children's personal development or reflection, that there isn't a benefit and, you know, we, we can see from the interviews, you know, very clearly um, with, with the students how powerfully that it's impacted on them. So I guess that there's always that tension. So I'm just really interested on how you came to that, really, and then, then the benefit, I suppose. Yes, well... And some of the interesting clubs that you do offer. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we like, you know, I should imagine the vast majority of all schools, we have our extracurricular provision, which takes place predominantly after school. But... We decided as a leadership team that we wanted to collapse a timetable on a Friday afternoon. And I know from, you know, I've been teaching now for 24 years. I know of schools where they've decided, oh, we'll, we'll have a half day on a Friday and we'll do some extracurricular activities for those pupils who want to do it. We decided that wasn't good enough for our children. Mm -hmm. We decided we're going to make sure that this is so wholly inclusive that it is actually within the school day. Mm. So on a Friday afternoon, we started this in September 2019. We have what's called a transformation curriculum. And it is a, an opportunity for all of our staff, not just teaching staff, but also support staff. Everybody has to offer mm -hmm. something that they are passionate about, something that they have great experience and knowledge and something that they have a love for. We like our staff and we expect our staff to then provide that as an opportunity for our pupils. So our pupils opt either on a termly basis or on a two-termly basis for a whole range of activities. And we have, it's approximately between 40 and 52 different activities 
and it is vastly wide-ranging. Mm. What was yours, Anthony? <laughs> what was mine? Um, I've well, I'm a musician, a trained well, a music degree. So I'm offered like a like a drum workshop where, and I must say it was quite a heavier Friday afternoon. <laughs> Twenty different pupils all drumming at the same oh my time goodness. <laughs> and creating uh, fabulous um, pieces. What else have I had for pupils? I mean, a lot of our pupils, unfortunately, have never had the opportunity to have instrumental lessons mm. at home and so i've offered like a, a keyboard ensemble where they are actually playing as if they are an orchestra yeah uh, where they've all got their different parts and we recorded their work and we shared it with parents um online and the other one which is a bit quirky for myself offered um outdoor throwing games from around europe yes i so, thought that was brilliant so there's a, a, a range of games which you know the, the mental well-being of being outdoors yeah I'm actually half Finnish myself. Mm -hmm. My mom's from Finland. And on my last visit to see the family in Finland, we learned to play a game. It has a, a variety of different names in Finnish, but one of them is called Finska. Uh -huh. And it's a throwing game where you're throwing a piece of wood at other pieces of wood and there's a scoring system to it. Yeah. How did the children respond? They absolutely I loved can it. Imagine. They absolutely loved it. There was also a Swedish game called Kube. Mm -hmm. And there's a French game, uh, excuse my pronunciation, I think it's... Petonk or Petonk. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, different throwing games from around the world. And I suppose with my half-finished background, statistically, we see, I think this is the fourth year in a row where they've said Finland is the happiest nation yeah. in the world. <laughs> oh, so I those are the that. activities I've yeah. done. Yeah. But, I mean, we we do actually get quite a lot of external agencies to come in and work with mm. our people. So we've got things like Taekwondo water polo because we're fortunate we've got our own swimming pool we, we get our people to work towards qualifications we've mm. got sports leaders awards mm. young enterprise yeah we've got like the junior version of the duke of edinburgh scheme yeah called jazz or chess junior award so yeah yeah it's an opportunity for pupils to have experiences yeah. which in the long term hopefully their experiences that they will always remember and maybe it will become their passion in life. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having interviewed the the students, and one student in particular sticks in my mind of how powerfully that has came through to him right from year seven. I think he said, you know, he wanted to come in and just work, 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 and GCSEs were on his mind. But the school very quickly, you know, you you your vision around this personal development side really came to the fore and actually said, yes, of course, that's important and we will, you know, help you with that. But actually who you are is also really important to us as a school and have helped to develop students. And you can, you know, you can just see where that's coming from, you know, how you've, you've developed that through curriculum, through the ethos, through that personal development, which we know, you know, Ofsted are really, really keen on as well. So I think that's just going to help. I just think it helps to create a picture for schools on what that could look like which I think sometimes they struggle with. And actually that we fundamentally put that right at the forefront of parents' and pupils' minds when they are choosing what is the right school for them. Yeah. We make it abundantly clear in the literature we share with parents, the presentations that we do for kind of like open evenings and open events, and on our website, we make it absolutely clear that we are about developing the whole child. Yes, exams and examination results are crucial for pupils to be able to move on mm. in their lives when they leave us for their next steps. But fundamentally, we are about developing the whole child 
And mm. I suppose that that leads to our Wiseman virtues, 16 mm. virtues which sit right at the heart of our school. It's how we reward pupils mm -hmm. for the amazing things that they do day in, day out. Yeah. All of our awards assemblies at the ends of terms and our big awards ceremony that usually takes place at the Holt Suite at Aston Villa. Mm. It's a big function, a big evening for parents and for pupils and for staff to come together. Our Wiseman virtues mm. are right at the heart of everything. Yeah. And more so, they take they take priority over anything to do with academic achievement. That's really interesting, isn't it? What I like is that, you know, you're very strong as a school, like you said, you'll say to parents, well, this is who we are. And if, if that's what you want, if that's what you like, then, you, you know, then great. You know, this is what, what our offer is. And But you're sort of not hiding away from the fact that that is, you know, that personal development is so important alongside everything else. And I think it, it's a very confident thing to do, isn't it, to, to be able to sort of say that. But it, you, you can see the impact that it has on students um, all the way through. And just thinking, I guess, in the next sort of few months when you're thinking about the, the new pupils that are coming in in, in in September, I mean, I know that there's quite a few primary schools and year sixes who are really worried and anxious because, you know, they haven't had the opportunity to sort of mature and develop in that year six. They've been, you know, at home a lot of the time. Is there anything that you're doing differently, perhaps, for your, your new year sevens, you know, in, in preparation for that? Conversations have already started taking place within the leadership team and the key pastoral staff in terms of what we are going to be able to do for our new intake of pupils when they join us in September. We are considering taking the pupils away on retreat as long as restrictions allow. Mm -hmm. Historically, we've been able to do that with the whole year group. Usually we would take them for a whole day just as like team building exercises. Mm -hmm. One thing we haven't done is take the whole year away on retreat at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we are aware that some of our pupils have actually never ever had the opportunity to sleep away yeah. from the family home, which in some respects is, is, is quite sad for some individuals. And for them, that will be a big step up for them. Um, but we feel like we'd like to do more team building exercises and activities, maybe getting more external companies to come in. But I would like to see every single child having that opportunity to be able to to go away on retreat mm. and so that they can then be formed together as a year group so that they feel that they are part of our wonderful school community. Yeah, and it certainly is. Thank you so much for your time today. I think there's some absolutely amazing nuggets of, and wisdom, really. And I think from, a, from an SLT point of view, as I said, I think there's just often a lot of schools that are, are fearful of, of doing what you've done uh, here, which is just to be so confident and bold that actually... You know, the whole child is as important. It, the whole child is important to us. So, so thank you very much for your time. Really, thank you really very appreciate much. it. Thank you very much. An absolute pleasure. What Anthony has shared here are the key aspects of what has worked for them. Two key members of the SLT responsible for staff well-being and pupil well-being a collapsed timetable, a strong commitment to personal development and cultural capital, reflection skills and debating skills, listening and acting on feedback. They are all significant part of developing mental health and well-being and taking a whole school perspective. I want to reiterate again, this is a school with 56% pupil premium. 
in an area which is on the 97th percentile of deprivation and pupils come in below average starting points. There's always a risk with these kinds of schools and when we're in areas of deprivation that we end up creating an exam factory. But this school has good results and a good Ofsted and they've been bold and confident in sharing their commitment to the importance of the whole child. Listening to the interviews, we can see that that has certainly paid off. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information and support on this topic, go to the resources section of the website, www.halcyon.education forward slash podcasts. Thank you.